0: In addition to providing financing solutions in a traditional mortgage broker capacity, Abacus North provides direct loans that range from $2 million to $25 million. On a syndicated basis, they provide mortgage banking solutions up to $300 million. In most cases, their in-house capital solutions can bridge financing gaps that traditional lenders are unable to service. They specialize in providing land acquisition loans, construction financing for large-scale developments, income-producing properties, and single-purpose facilities. With a portfolio that includes high-rise, mid-rise, and low-rise condominiums, townhouse developments, shopping centers, agricultural properties, industrial developments, and medical marijuana facilities, Abacus North is at the forefront of creative mortgage banking solutions Hi. these uh kind of things have you done before and if I look oddly bright I have my light therapy lamp on right now I thought I'd kill two birds with one stone tonight
1: perfect look at you this is my first so I'm a little bit nervous um I've never done this before I've done kind of like my own you know I've done Facebook lives and I've done that kind of thing but I've never done a podcast where I'd be interviewed by someone else so you're my first
0: okay or not just like randomly meet somebody on Facebook in the morning and then in the evening you're doing a a podcast with them
1: no I've never done that before
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is what I take my clients through
1: so I thought this would be a great opportunity to talk about it while I'm doing it so um so a question for you is is this going to be only audio or is the video going to be part of it as well Uh, audio and video Okay, sounds good.
0: Let me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get the good angles in there. Good angle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any other questions before we start? Um, I don't think so. we are just going to interview me and just we'll go with the flow? Yeah, you know, we'll kind of just start like at the beginning and just, you know, like I want to kind of know everything about Madeline at the beginning, you know, just so that we can understand like who you are and like what your journey has been up until this point and just kind of like how you've chosen this career path or like why like these messages and this anthem is something that's important that you want to get out there to the world and you know just what is what really ultimately led us to having this conversation tonight but um we just need a little little bit of backstory so we can all get to know you a little bit better because uh like I'm just as raw as everybody else I have absolutely no idea who you are what makes you tick or (laughs) what you're all about so
1: most definitely so do you just want me to jump into it are we gonna have yeah, we,
0: you know, we can just jump right in right whenever you're ready. And, uh, you know, and, and so you're from Virginia? Is that where it is? Originally, yes. I haven't been in Virginia in like a year and a half now
1: or maybe longer.
0: Okay. So geographically, where are you right now?
1: Right now I'm in Arizona. So I've been traveling across the United States for the last seven months now.
0: Oh, okay. What uh, what makes you travel across the United States? Like where are some of the places that you've been
1: Okay, so I started from Texas, and then I went to Arizona, California, Oregon, um, Vegas, and I was going to keep going north, but it got a little too cold for me, so I decided oh, to come yeah. back down, make my way back down.
0: Yeah, and like, you know, like, what spurred on that that travel, and like, where are you staying at those places? Like, are you, like, do you have friends or families, Airbnb, is it couch surfing, are you sleeping in a van, are you in a tent, like, what's going on?
1: Okay, so... Originally, I started this journey because I'd moved to Texas with an ex-boyfriend, and um, well, a boyfriend at the time, and we lived together for about six months, and then we ended up breaking up. I lost my home, I lost my best friend, and my other best friend, who was his roommate at the time, and I ended up becoming a live-in nanny, and I was miserable. And so I I lived as a live-in nanny for a few months, and I just got to the point where I was like, you know what, I've always wanted to travel, I've always wanted to do this, and the finances were never there but I'm at rock bottom right now. So I'm just going to jump into it. And so I jumped into traveling with $2,000 in my bank account and I had no destination. I had no idea how long I would go. I had no idea what it was going to turn into. And I just booked. The first thing I booked was a two month Airbnb in Arizona. And um, I just went and it has become the most incredible journey of my life. And that's actually part of like where my coaching began because That action, I didn't know it then, but that action actually like alchemized my fear and I brought power into myself with that action. And now seven months later, I'm actually teaching what I did organically then.
0: And don't you think it's interesting like how it seems that we have a very nomadic like aspect to our lives? And one of the big things that's just really happening naturally and organically is that people are kind of tapping back into their roots of nomadacy like they're just Mm -hmm. like you see it all the time like people are migrating out of bigger urban centers into smaller communities people are choosing to be able to quit their jobs and travel around the country or travel around the world like and it's not for like I, I don't honestly feel it's out of like just resentment of like the nine to five or like you know just breaking the mold or like Unstandardizing like the American Dream, I feel like it's just more like we're starting to really understand like who we are as people and like like paths that we should be following and we're not and we're forcing ourselves to be able to you know collectivize in a singular household and a singular neighborhood and a singular location and we're starting to rebel against that almost at like a genetic level.
1: Yeah, most definitely, and that is something I actually talked about on a Facebook Live recently where. It's like the nine to five, you know, we've been stuck in that for society for so long. And now the younger generation is starting to come in and be like, I don't want that. That's not the kind of life I want to live. I don't want to work a job that I'm unhappy in. And so people are coming back into their power organically by by that action. And they're saying, I want to do something I absolutely love. And then on top of that, I want to see the world. I don't want to be stuck in a location for 50 years. And never travel or travel once once a year for two weeks and then come back like people are regaining their power just by stepping into that
0: what is what is some of the fears that you had around you know besides like just finances and you know kind of like breaking out like like what are some of the things that kind of paralyzed you when you entered this okay like I'm just gonna book this this airbnb for two months and caution to the wind i don't care what happens I'm just gonna do this like What did that stir up inside you?
1: So it's interesting because I had been wanting to do this journey for five years, at least five years before I actually jumped into it. And I was paralyzed up until the point I booked that Airbnb. And to be honest, once I made the action and I booked the Airbnb, I didn't have any more fear. And that's like what I take people through is like once you walk through the fear in a very specific way, it actually alchemizes. And the fear was holding a piece of your power hostage. And then it comes back into your system and you feel euphoria. You feel much more powerful. And that power once restored, never leaves again. So instead of feeling fear, once I did it, all of my fear was previous to booking the Airbnb. And then once I did it, I was on cloud nine. I had
0: no fears. I was good to go. So, so let's kind of like, let's peel back some money skins, like, Like, who are you right from the beginning? Like you were born and then. I was born. Walk us through it.
1: So I was born in Virginia. Um, (laughs) Not expecting this question. I haven't talked about like this part of my life in a long time. Um, I was born into a Christian household. So I very, very Christian, very strict. I was the black sheep of the family. So I was the one that always did the wrong thing, always was the rebellious little disruptor. Um, and you know, my parents really struggled with how to raise me because my other sisters, I have two sisters and they were, my other sisters were very, very mild, very well behaved. And I was not, I was the child that like would do the opposite of what my parents told them to do. Um, so I, I struggled a lot as a child. I was, I had a lot of trauma growing up as well. Um, which I talk about openly on my Facebook page. So I had a lot of trauma and I just didn't know how to handle it. So I grew up with a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety. Um, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder as a teenager with depression, ADHD, anxiety, um, and bipolar disorder. And through that journey, I actually decided to go the natural route with my treatments because all of my medication was like killing me. It was making me even worse than I was before. And I ended up finding like natural paths and finding the healing world. And that's when I really started taking my power back for the first time. And I realized through that journey, I never even had bipolar disorder. I actually had a systemic yeast infection called candida. And so that was the first step. And then I ended up becoming a healer and working in the healing industry for, for a few years. Um, but then that became something that I felt like wasn't the right fit for me anymore. So I kind of, when I moved to Texas, I kind of dropped away all that. And then recently when I started my journey, I started realizing that I didn't need any of that extra stuff to be powerful. I didn't need any of that extra stuff to heal. Like I had all of the power in myself. So that's when I kind of made the transition into this type of coaching. Mm-hmm.
0: So and I'm just gonna kind of like steer it back a little bit too. Um, so when you got diagnosed with all these different conditions and disorders, you know, like whatever we want to like, you know, label them as, you know, but then you like, why did you decide to go with the natural route, like over and above just saying like, okay, well, I know this medication is not making me feel any better. Are this is probably making me feel worse. You know, I have all these other side effects too, because like typically people don't stop there. You know, like typically people suffer through that. Like, what do you think it was the difference between you and person X, Y, and Z that you would make that choice or what did you connect with the saying? Like, I really feel like this is fundamentally wrong.
1: Like I said, I've always been a disruptor. Mm -hmm. I never went with the flow, even from a very young age, I was always the rebellious one. And I always knew growing up that there was a different way. I, I rejected everything. I rejected the nine to five. I rejected anytime I got a normal job. I lasted like two weeks before I got bored. Um, so I've always just had this innate intuition inside of me that has always steered me in the right direction. And the disruptor piece has been really key for me. Like it has saved my life. If I did not have my disruptor quality inside of me, I would have killed myself. And I was also suicidal at multiple points in my life as well. So I would have been dead without that piece of me that knew that there was something else here. And I just needed to find it. I just needed to tap into
0: it. Like, what do you think was like, you know, there had to be like a feeling like a little bit more like you, you call yourself like a disruptor. Like you, you identify this with inside yourself, but like, like what, like, what was it like, like, do you look back on now? Because, you know, going through like depression and suicide and, you know, being labeled as all of these different things, like, especially in your teenage years, like, when we question everything anyway and we are being told like you know like you should trust these individuals even though i don't feel like i i should you know like i feel these symptoms and these things going on in my body but like i want to rebel against them like like take us like through like that process i I just find it to be intriguing because these are the places where most people get stuck mm-hmm. right like there's just there's nothing past that like there's no like i just i have to get over this hurdle i have to get over this hump or recognizing that other people have dealt and felt this same thing where, you know, like, yes, I have felt all these things. Like, yes, I've been told all these things. Like, yes, I told, like, I would never get out of these, you know, situations unless if I took these pills or chose this certain life, you know, Mm -hmm. but like so many more people are starting to break that mold now, but everybody's stories are so similar, but also slightly different. And, you know, like, like, what do you latch onto, like, when you look back at it now, saying, like, like these are some of the things that just, like, I refuse to believe or I refuse to buy into. Like, like do you look back on it? Can you identify those things?
1: I remember I had this one moment where I had never had a panic attack in my life. And they had put me on... Um, the bipolar, they they actually put me on about three different medications at once. And I ended up on my bedroom floor. I was still a teenager. I was still in high school. I ended up on my bedroom floor. Um, and it felt like I was crawling out of my skin. Like I could not like, I was like writing. I couldn't, I couldn't contain myself. And it was the most uncomfortable feeling I've ever had in my life. So my mom actually called the doctor and we went in for an emergency visit and they gave me um, some type of like tranquilizer to calm me down. And I started having panic attacks after that. And then a few, few months later, I actually found out that was the first side effect, like the main side effect that they say can be a cause of the medicine I was on. And after that, I was like, because that destroyed my trust in myself for so many months. Like once that happened, I was like, I'm crazy. I'm just a crazy person. And then once I found out that the medication actually caused it, then that was at at that point, I was like, this is not healthy. This is not normal. Like, this is not how I want to live the rest of my life. And so that's when I started seeking other forms of treatment.
0: Well, and, you know, and see, these are the the points where, like, I find to be very interesting, like, where we go to these healthcare professionals, they give us these prescriptions for these pills, and they're supposed to be well vetted, and they've gone through, like, the whole FDA process to make sure that they're good, but, like, and we also know now, like, how many of the, like, the things where, like, you talked about, you know, like, bipolar, ADHD, you know, like, hyperactivity, like, all of these things are, are so directly associated with like diet lifestyle you know and things going on with our bite in our side of our body because of like our diet but our first line of defense to be able to understand that and coach us down that right direction are massively failing us like when you came to that conclusion like how did that feel where you're, when you're just like, I'm going to go with the natural route because these pills, these medications are making me feel worse, mm-hmm. and, you know, and they're giving me worse symptoms than what I had at the beginning. And then finding out that like a lot of these things are just conditions in your body due to diet and mm-hmm. lifestyle.
1: And not only that, but there are other cultures that when people go through a psychotic break, it actually means that they're coming into their powers. Like it means that they are like the shaman of the community and they're coming into their powers. And because it's treated in such a different way, it passes. It's, it's like a natural part of a lot of people's journey and a lot of people's awakening into their power and into more of who they are. And because of the way that our society, our Western society has treated these, these symptoms, people then think that they're crazy and they sell, they medicate and then it ends up becoming where they lose all of their power. They lose all of their confidence and they have nothing left. So it really is just the way our society treats these symptoms. I don't like to call them illnesses because like I, for me, like looking back, it was just symptom of something that was going on that was deeper. And it really was my awakening that was happening, but I wasn't able to recognize it. Um, so that's, I just wanted to touch on that. I totally forgot your other question though.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and it is, it's all just kind of snowball fight because now, you know, kind of more like, like I do agree with that because like, you know, mm-hmm. like we we don't value people going through these experiences, but it is also something that you're starting to see. And like, we are all starting to see that happens nowadays is that we are starting to value them again. We are starting to say like, this is a part of the human experience. This is something that we go through. And like, when you're born, you don't have your whole life figured out and we're not going to be able to figure it out. And there's going to be this stumbling process. And just because there might be a point in time where things just aren't going the way they quote unquote should be, doesn't mean that you need to be medicated. doesn't need mean that you need to be hospitalized. doesn't mean that you need to be criticized or ostracized. Like it just means that you're a human being going through life. And like, what you just highlighted it in a lot of other parts of the world. Like we just allow that to be able to happen. But in like in Western culture, as soon as we start to have like a tough time with life, you're either failing at life, or you need to be medicated to be able to help you through this time and instead of just, you know, saying like it's okay, like let's just go through it. And it might last a month instead of two. It might last six months instead of a year. You know, mm-hmm. but just allowing us to be able to be human beings and go and participate in the human experience.
1: We are so conditioned as a society to run away from our fears and our uncomfortability and our trauma when really what we need to be doing instead of numbing that with, you know, medication from doctors, but also alcohol and weed and drugs and, you know, sex and all of that, we need to be going into the places that we are uncomfortable going into. And that's where our true power lies. Like When you can go into it and then through it, It no longer holds any power over you, and you regained power in the process.
0: Yeah, and, like, do you feel like that because, you know, like, how old are you? You I'm 27 now. Yeah, so, like, this is kind of something that I see between, you know, people about 25 to 40. Like, we're all, well, I shouldn't say we are all, but, like, there's a vast majority of people in that demographic that are starting to all Think the same way, preach the same message, and really tote this same line. Like, do you feel like there's a big transition starting to happen in life where we're saying, okay, like we need to actually take life back instead of just living this day to day, waking up every day and just being this mindless robot that's just gonna go from birth to death? Like, we actually wanna start participating in life and everything that that means.
1: It's interesting that you say that because I've had this conversation with friends many times. I feel like it's very split. So I feel like a lot of the, like, especially the spiritual community, um, the new age spiritual community does say that, like everyone's transitioning, but we tend to forget that we tend to attract what we know and what we see. So I do still believe that there is a vast majority of people in that age range that you said, that is still miserable, that is still not knowing how to you know, function in life that is still going through the old paradigms of things. But I do think that a lot more people are waking up than had had been waking up in previous generations. So it's still very split to me because I still see it a lot. Um, But I do feel like it's happening more frequently, but I do not feel like it's happening as
0: frequently as people tend to believe. One, I guess there's like a few things there because like, our social safety net and our personal safety net typically relies in the old systems. It's like, I can wake up, I can pay my mortgage, you know, like I can pay for my car, you know, like I can do all these things. I have all this security in place, you know, but really forgetting like a lot of that like so-called security is actually, you know, like hindering us as people and detrimental to our overall mental, emotional, and physical health as a result of that, you know, and like, and then there's also, cause kind of what you're explaining too is like the social media algorithms, right? You know, like we search for something then all of a sudden that's all that we get. Mm-hmm. But like, I only look at it is that like, I've kind of been in this realm for about 15, 20 years now. And there was lone wolves initially, but like now you almost like, I kind of feel like there's an army now. Mm-hmm. And like, like, even if it takes like another 20 years for us to like double or triple down on like what it's been, I would say a lot of this big change has only probably come by way within the last like five years. So if it keeps on accelerating at like this pace and this speed, like I feel like we can really take a lot of ground back and like offer our children and future generations, just like a completely different life where it's not just about, I'm going to wake up today. And my goal is to get the 20 year watch. I'm going to wake up today. And my goal is this like, perfect pension, this paid off mortgage by the time I get to 65, like things may not look the same, you know, but like, there's a big difference between like government and social security, you know, from like a GDP, like everybody needs to have like RSPs, everybody needs to have their mortgage paid off, like everybody needs to be like, go to work every day versus like, just taking like our own sovereignty back as people and allowing us individually to be able to figure out what our lives are going to look like outside of the typical American dream.
1: Absolutely. Um, There's a couple of different things that you mentioned in there. So one of the things that I work with my clients on is safety and security comes from within yourself. It doesn't not, it does not come from your circumstances. It does not come from your financial situation. It doesn't come from anyone else. It comes from yourself. And that's part of bringing your power back into yourself where no matter what your circumstances are, you can be in the same place that you are, like you, you have the same amount of safety and security, no matter where you're at. Like, as I've been traveling, I've been doing Airbnbs and eventually my money ran out before I started my business. And I was living in my car a couple of times. Um, and I had the same amount of safety and security in that situation as I did living in luxury Airbnbs. And so it's coming back into that. Like I have the power, my happiness does not depend on my circumstances. My safety, my security doesn't depend on my circumstances. Um, so that's the first thing. Trying to remember what else there was that I know it kind of – there are a couple of different things that I wanted to touch on there.
0: Um, so is the problem with these kind of conversations because, like, the wheels start turning so fast. Absolutely. Like, you're like, where do I start? Where do I jump in and what do I want to talk about right now? But...
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So if you wanna, if you want to go on, we can <laughs> –
0: yeah, I want to because um like obviously the narrative here is like how strong that you've become and how now that you're coaching that. Um and I'm only going to ask this question because you alluded to it earlier that like you've shared some of this before. Um would you mind sharing just some of like the trauma that you went through when you were younger because a lot of people have went through that those kind of scenarios and haven't reached a part where they've been enlightened enough to themselves where they have you know, got back within their power within themselves, you know, because I feel like that's one of the things that I face in my day, you know, like when I'm, you know, like coaching people or like, you know, when I'm talking with people in my day is that because everybody assesses where you're at today and forgets the journey that helped get you there. The more that I share my journey with people, the more it becomes relatable, you know, so like, would you mind sharing some of that with everybody?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The only reason I didn't before was because I wasn't sure how deep you felt comfortable going with this podcast and that, but I'm very open about it. I I talk about it on my Facebook and everything. So I had um, childhood sexual trauma from a relative. Um, And that ended up really, I think, starting the process of all of my depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts and behaviors. And really the black sheep part of who I was. There was always that part of myself, but I ended up going into a completely different rebellious place because of that circumstance. Um, So I have, you know, it's very interesting because I've talked to many different people and a lot of people have different opinions on this. Um, I had a friend once who was very into the scientific evidence and he said that, he was also abused as a child, um, sexually. And he was saying that, you know, sexual abuse as a child alters your brain chemistry and it alters the way your brain grows. And there's never fixing that ever. And I refuse to believe that. Like I no longer have any side effects from my childhood trauma. I no longer have any, um, triggers, any, any residual lasting negative Mm -hmm. um imprints I have nothing of that it does not affect me
0: at all anymore and I feel like it does when we for one bury it two don't want to talk about it take medication to suppress it you know everything except for just actually deal with it and accept it you know because like that's like a you know like a big part of my experience and like that's what this podcast has offered me is like like I will no longer give other people the power to be able to hold things against me that have happened or that I've done in my past because it imprisons me in that that time frame it doesn't allow me to be able to like break free of that time frame so now that I've like publicly just let my entire life like out on this platter for everybody to judge me if they want to judge me accept me if they want to accept me like there's very little that like gets underneath my skin like it just it allowed this sense of freedom that I could never explain to anybody, except for somebody like you who obviously knows what I'm talking about. When you just when you let it all go.
1: Yeah, and yeah. you are doing exactly what I teach my clients to do, and exactly what I'm doing in this moment. Like, for example, this podcast. I asked myself what scares me in my business right now, and I thought a podcast. So I reached out to you, you added me as a friend and I saw that you did podcasts and so I was like, okay, let's just see. And then you said, are you available tonight? And I was like, oh boy, I "I don't want to do this. Like I want to prepare, I want to get better. Like I want to know and feel secure. And, And then I was like, okay, because I feel this way, I have to go into it. So I have started on my platform, anytime anything scares me to post, I post it. Mm-hmm. and that's like exactly what you've done you've laid it all out there it allows you to really step through the fear and restore your power and then shame has no power over you i don't feel shame ever anymore and that's a big piece of childhood sexual abuse is that shame where people hide it and they don't they don't want people to know you have to like for from everything that i have seen and everything that i know exposing it and allowing it to come to the surface and to heal, just like you were saying, takes the power away from that and it restores it into yourself.
0: Is it those circumstances, did you have to feel that alone for a while? Or is it something that, you know, like your parents knew about, or like that people within your community knew about? Or like, was that just something that as like, you know, when you were young, like you had to completely feel on your own?
1: So I ended up telling my sister the night after it happened and she, you know, she was young as well. And she told me that I made it up. She, you know, she was, she didn't know what she was saying. So, um, as a result, I ended up internalizing it. And I actually, because of how traumatic it was, I completely forgot about it completely. And then about I even don't, I still to this day don't even know at what age it happened. I have an age range that I say between like seven and nine um, because it's just so, I remember the exact day. I remember the exact moment, every part of it, but I have no idea what year it was. Um, So, but I did not remember it until about, I would say about five years later, I had gotten in trouble for something and I went to go, like I, I was crying and I was upset and all of a sudden it came back to me all at once in a flood and I remembered every single detail and I just, I couldn't even like process it. It was just like so overwhelming. So at that point, um, I think I ended up telling my sister again, once I remembered it and then we kept it a secret for years until I told my best friend Um, and then she ended up telling her mom and then her mom called me and said, if I didn't tell my parents, she would tell them. Um, so then I ended up having to tell my parents against my will (laughs) and that
0: was traumatic on its own. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of messy there. Yeah. and Like, how do you feel about that now looking back on it as an adult saying, okay, well, you know, like I got a call from, you know, like my friend's mom saying that if you don't, I'm going to enforce in your hand, like, do you think that that narrative needed to happen to start the path for you to be able to heal? Or do you wish that it would have happened a little bit more organically by your choice?
1: You know, that's an interesting question. I've never actually thought about that. Um, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, I know that where I'm at now and where I have been would have happened anyways because of the intuition that I've had in my life and that feeling of just you know our higher selves always want the ultimate growth for us so it's always going to put us in the path of you know this is what you have to do whether or not we listen and we if we don't listen the path gets harder until we do um so whether or not it came out then it would have come out at some point, um, whether or not it was organic or not. So for me at this point, it doesn't really matter how it came out. Um, I've completely accepted it and it just is what it is. Well,
0: and Ian, and the only reason like why I ask is because it's like those pivotal moments in life that really, truly do alter our course. Like, You know, like, I do agree that, like, there's a certain part of, like, your life, you're walking down a path that you, that you should be walking down. So you are, you know, but, like, everything nudges the ship in a little bit different of a direction, right? You know, it's like, if it would have maybe taken it another year or two years or five years, you know, for, like, that trauma to be exposed and for it to come to light and everybody having to start to face it so that you face it then more so that you can start dealing with it who knows what could have happened in that time frame you Absolutely. know between that you know so it's like you know like those are like the amazing things that you know because it's like highlighting those moments because I think when they happen a lot of people tend to forget to like think how key they are mm-hmm. you know I think like yours is a prime example of that too and I've looked at my life now back and saying okay well there is some of these like pivotal moments that I undervalued until I could look at it through a better lens, which is like my lens now being able to understand it a little bit more, you know, but like, you're starting to see that all the time, you know, like where people are coming on, like, I've been through this, I went through that, like, this helped shaped and forced my life into like, what it is now. And then I feel like it gives us all a little bit more of a connection to be able to find that common ground, so that, like, when we do start talking about, hey, like, let's just be Human beings again, Mm -hmm. we start to understand like when we weren't, this was the byproduct. Yeah. Like, this was like, you know, situations like what you went through, like that was a byproduct of really deviating from the human experience because all of these situations have happened once we started forcing people to, like, you have to be Christian, you have to be Catholic, you know, you're born into this family, like, you were born into this neighborhood, you were born into this country, you were born into these borders, and realizing that, like, we are just not that, you know, if there was a, a part of you that was a little bit more Eastern and you were a healer and like, these are the things that you connect with. It's like, you know, we are borderless people, you know, like we are entities of energy that supersede just our body. Like we can't say that these boxes that we force people to fit in and like we choose to want to be in are actually healthy for us. And I think this is where all the rebellion comes in and like, that's where, like abuse and sexual assault and drug addiction and like alcoholism, like all these things come into play is because there are people finding kind of quote unquote mainstream ways to be able to attach to, to be able to find this outlet is saying like, I need, I need to get rid of this angst. Like there's something inside me that like that I know is wrong, but I can't identify with because I'm being told this is my life. but I know it's not my life, but I, I don't know any other option, but I feel like that's where it's like, we should send our children, you know, like when they're like 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, like go travel the world guided, whatever that may be for a year or two and just see how different cultures live. Because, you know, like I grew up the vast majority of my life thinking like this was life. And now that I've traveled so much and, you know, like the last like 10, 15 years, I'm like, this isn't life. Like what we're living in Canada and the United States is not life. We wake up every day, but we are not living life here at all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what people don't realize is that we are actually, when we are children, we are just like computers. We are absorbing every single thing that our parents are teaching us. So you grow up with all of these these preconceived ideas and notions inside of yourself and your subconscious and you hit a place where you start to become your own person and a lot of people hit snags in that and what happens is you know that's a big part of the all of the you know bipolar and depression and anxiety that you like a lot of that stuff comes up for people in teenage years because they are realizing that Everything that they've known up until now may not be true for them. And so they start to hit this identity crisis of who am I? What is life? Like, I don't even know. Like, are my parents, have they been telling the truth? Is this really the filter I want to live my life through? And so it's, it's really hard for people, especially in the teenage years. And I think that's part of why the teenage years is so hard for people because they're they're starting to realize that what they know may not be true, and what they know may not be right for them, and they sure, and have to sometimes um, walk away from their parents and walk away from their society in order to respect their own beliefs.
0: Yeah, see, and, and it's because of the fact that like we we have this clear line in the sand. It's you know like eighteen. You graduate from high school. It's like. You need to, you have to, you should, and you're a failure if you don't understand mm-hmm. what the entire rest of your life is gonna look like at that moment. So it's like the like the angst, the anxiety, the confusion, mm-hmm. the frustration, the hostility that is all revolved around the like what are we doing to teenagers when they're like when we know like okay, well, your brain's not fully developed until you're twenty-five, but we're gonna force you a decade before that to make the decisions for the rest of your life and say you should know you should understand and this should be where you're at in your life and then on top of that we say okay well we have these parents raising this child or these children when there's never been two parents have typically ever raised the children if you buy into the concept at all that a community should raise a child and should raise the children within the community because we benefit from having influences from everybody that's like bestowing that responsibility on just two people saying that these children have to be successful and it rests upon your shoulders and you need to be their primary influence and so say just saying like, go be free, go Absolutely. be wild, go learn from everybody, take a little bit of it all because that's the only way that you're gonna really try to figure things out. But it's like, no, it's like, okay, wake up, school, hockey, study, sleep, repeat. And it's like, based on those few experiences, you should become a fully functional adult by the time you're 15 or 16, know exactly what you want to be by the time you graduate high school, go through your whole college university process, and there's the rest of your life. Absolutely.
1: And you you see, I know with a lot of my age and above, um, you saw a lot of our parents – like they're so strict and they're like, this is what I want for you. You have to have the, the 4.0, you have to have the, the, um, you know, the medals and the different things. And you have to listen to me. You have to obey me. You have to respect me. And that starts, it just, it's very confusing for children. I know I was homeschooled, so I have it. I had it even worse where, you know, if you're in public school, at least you have like teachers of an influence and your peers, I had a much smaller demographic for that. So I was surrounded completely by only the Christian community and I had rejected that from a young age. And so my entire childhood was fighting with my parents about how I no longer felt like I fit in the Christian lifestyle and I didn't believe in God. Um And I was told, you know, shamed for that and told that I was wrong and that I was going to go to hell and that, you know, I needed to repent. And it just, it's it sets up children for failure from the very beginning because they don't know how to think for themselves. Yeah. They only know how to follow. They only know how to respect. They only know how to listen to the rules. And that's where, you know, you see then people go to college and they end up having a, you know, a good job and everything. And then they have a midlife crisis because they don't know who they are. They haven't known who they are for 30, 40 years. And so it just sets people up for failure. And I start. I feel like now in our society, for the younger generation, like the people that are in in um, high school right now, it's starting to be different. You start. You're starting
0: to see a, a change with the younger generation, which is really good. Yeah, and like those are things because, like you know, when you say that, it's like we don't we don't teach our children conflict resolution, and their conflict resolution is really finding the closest adults to be able to leverage, you know, like that adults, you know, perspective and opinion to get them to agree with that child that came running to them first to be able to fix the situation for him, You know, then you get to school, then you get to workplaces and it's all that same narrative. Like I'm just going to go get my boss. I'm going to go higher up. I'm going to leverage their opinion. They're going to fix it for me. And like, then again, like you, like you said, like we don't, we never gave anybody the tools and like, we didn't get the tools because it's like, just blindly follow this until I cut you off one day. And because I told you to blindly follow this, that should give you the tools for when I cut you off, that now you can go be successful on your own.
1: And this is such a great segue into like what I teach because our society, like 99.9% of people are so lacking power because of this, because of the way they grew up, because of the way our society is structured. They don't know how to take action based on what they really desire. Like you're told if you want to get to, you know, Z, you have to go through A, B, C, D, E, and you have to take the exact same actions that everyone else takes, but that's not how energy works. And everyone has a specific blueprint where they need to take specific actions based on what their fears are that will unlock their true power in order to get to where they want to be. And that's why so many people, even in the, the law of attraction community and the spiritual community, they don't understand, they don't, they don't know how to actually manifest. And you see these people in these cycles for years and years of just like, oh, I'm going to have faith. I'm going to think positive and I'm going to do my affirmations. And then that's going to work. And for most people, it doesn't work. Some, some people it does work. And that's because that is encoded in their blueprint specifically to work but for everyone else, they're trying to follow the leader when they need to really be following their own intuition and their own guidance. But most people don't even know what their own intuition is anymore because they're so cut off from it.
0: See, and this is something, you know, and like, you know, like I agree, you know, like with it, like the narrative that's kind of out there, like we're we have to shift away from like, you know, being negative and, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. You know, but like, I just released a podcast the other day saying like, you know, I'm really sick and tired of like it having to be your best life every day, having to be super positive every day, have to be happy every day because it's like, that's never been relative. Like it is never, we have never lived in a utopian society. It's not setting anybody up for success. It's like some days I'm just fucking irritated that's it. Like, (laughs) I want to be irritated and like, I want to let myself be irritated because then I will be happy tomorrow. Like I'm not gonna be irritated for the rest of my life, but to sit there and be like, Blake, you know, like, okay, you know, like you shouldn't be irritated, you know, like you should be living your best life. And, you know, then I got to post a little something on Facebook saying I'm living my best life and blah, 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 blah. You know, like, (laughs) it's like how much of that just sets people up for failure Thinking that, like, if you can't, have a non-emotional response to like interactions with other human beings saying like, like, I'm not going to let you control how I feel. And it's just like, well, you know what? Being a human being is like, people are going to make you happy. Sometimes people are going to piss you off sometimes. Like, like that, like that's just life, and everything in between, like that's just life. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm going to like take a singular component. It's like, well, if we don't want everybody to be like spiteful and hateful and resentful, Like, we can't have everybody walking around trying to think that, like, it's all lovey-dovey, you know, like, glorified, you know, like, just roses and rainbows every single day. And if you're not living up to that or achieving that, then you're falling short again. Again, it's just, like, you know, I wake up some days and I'm tired. Some days I'm refreshed. You know, sometimes I'm hungrier more than other days. Like, that's just – these are all a part of just being a human being. And, like, the more that we can take these avenues back, I think, like, that's, like, what you say. It gives us our power back to be an individual saying like, life's messy. It'll always be messy because it's always been messy. Like we're just biological creatures walking this planet that are not perfect, will not be perfect, haven't been perfect, and will never be perfect in the future. See, this is actually
1: where we start to disagree. So I completely disagree with the new age spirituality of always you have to be positive because Truth is truth. Energetic truth is truth. It does not matter if it's negative or positive. Yep. What people don't understand is that they've they've misconstrued what negativity is in regards to okay. truth. So you can utilize negative energy to gain your power back. You can utilize negative energy in a lot of helpful ways. But what people think of negative energy is like, you know, complaining and being like in a funky mood and stuff, like that's not what I'm talking about. But yeah. there is a way to utilize negative energy where it doesn't create a negative effect on your life. And you can actually use it to power you. Um,
0: and that's like such See, a- And that I agree with, like mm-hmm. that I totally agree with. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, like it doesn't have to be, like I, I say all the things that I said is because, mm-hmm. I think being a human being is very positive and those are all things about being a human being. Like, it doesn't mean that like, you know, because you have a bad day that now you're depressed. It doesn't mean because you're having like this bad week, they need to take this medication. Like we're like negativity, just breeds negativity. I think it's just all a part of like the positive experience of being a human being.
1: And see, for me, it goes even deeper into what you said about, um, you know, just being a human. And this is, you know, like, First of all, people will affect you. I teach my clients no one has nothing and no one has any power over you. So like I ended up just having my best friend ended up um, telling me she no longer wanted to continue our friendship yesterday or the day before. And I ended up making a post about it and it affected me for 10 minutes. And then I walked through the the way I walk through and I work through the fears. And after that, I was completely fine because no one has any impact on my happiness. No one has any impact on my euphoria. And I can have the same exact experience of life, whether or not anyone is in my field, whether or not anyone is doing anything to me or what's going on. I can be in the middle of a hurricane and I can still have the same amount of happiness and the same amount of euphoria in the middle of the chaos as without. And that's really what I teach is bringing back your personal power into yourself. So no matter what is going on, you're not affected. And it's gotten to the point where it's like, I'm, I'm still working through this, but it's getting closer and closer to the point where I'm no longer getting triggered. I'm going through intense circumstances and I am not affected. I'm, I'm happier than I've ever been. And I just, nothing has the power to affect me anymore. And if it does, I work through it and the way I know how to work through it and then it brings power back into myself through unlocking it through the fear and through the the trigger that I just worked through
0: what an interesting situation for like your your bestie just to be like I'm gonna peace out now like like it just like an interesting point in time a life or like a situation like that like would come up is there like any specific, like, reason why or, like, what, like, the circumstances around that?
1: There was, but for her, for her own, you know, like, I'm very open about my own stuff, but for her, I'm not going to go into the detail, but essentially, she was working on restoring her power where she realized she had given too much of her power to me, um, essentially, in a nutshell. So, um, I completely respected it. It was very out of the blue. I did not expect it, and, well, I did expect it to a certain extent. I started to feel it within the week that it was coming up. Um, but it was very out of the blue. It was very much, and I necessarily don't even agree with her decision and the way that I think that she could have worked through it in a different way to restore more of her power to herself. But that's not up to me to say. That's, you know, her decision, and she made it. So, um you know, we left things on very good terms. We still love each other and we, we had no hard feelings for each other at all. Um, but that was an intense situation that previously, even a month ago, would have destroyed me. Because this was someone that, you know, I've been traveling across the United States for the last seven months. And she's been the only consistent person in my life since, since I left Texas. Um, so she's been my rock. like for. How a- did you meet that. her? So it's actually interesting. Um, I ended up having an abortion about a year and a half ago. And I met her through a coaching group. I posted in the coaching group that um, what I was going through and she messaged me and she offered support. And so she was from the very beginning, she was my rock. And um, when like, you know, the situation no one knew in my life besides her and my boyfriend at the time, and he was supportive up, up until a certain point. Um, so we started off that way. And then we became best friends talked every day. And then we ended up having a meeting, um, like an actual in person meeting, because we had a virtual relationship for a long time. And then, you know, we've talked every day for the last year and a half. Um, and she's been that person for me. And so when it happened, and I'm in a very intense circumstance right now. I'm still, you know, traveling. I'm still figuring things out with my life and, and my finances. And everything's kind of, I'm also building my business. And everything's building up. But it's very fragile still. It's still like in the beginning stages of everything. And so right now, it's taking a lot of energy and time for me to focus on building everything. And this could have destroyed all of that. In the past, it would have crumbled me and everything that I would have been building. And I would have, it would have been like a breakup, you know, like a month long yeah. in bed crying, eating ice cream because I, you know, was rejected and my person is gone now. And it ended up lasting 10 minutes. It did not affect my diet. I did not eat ice cream. I went for a hike afterward. It didn't affect my business at all. And I've, I actually accelerated because of the situation. I was able to restore more of my power to myself because I worked through the fears that came up. Essentially, I felt like, you know, no one's ever going to be there for me again. And like, I'm all alone. How can I survive all alone with this? And you know, what if this destroys me and all of that, those were the fears. And I ended up walking through them in a very specific way and restoring my power back to myself. And so it actually helped me. And my business in the last two days has taken off tremendously from where it was before. And it's Mm. partly because of that.
0: That's awesome. Like what what are some of the like when you talk about your um, your business and like like your clients and stuff, like what are what are some of the things, the commonalities that you see amongst everybody? Like like what are some of the the narratives that you hear, like the the stories that you hear? um, I mean, like without getting like too personal too a specific person, but like, like there's obviously kind of like, I would assume like a general theme that you keep hearing about, or just like a narrative that's there.
1: It's actually really funny. Cause all of my clients are like me, like 10 steps back. Like they, it's extremely weird circumstances where like I had a client today actually. And she was telling me about the situation she had. And I was like, I had the exact same situation in the exact same city, like so weird. Um, but the main, the main thing that I see, and this is why I went in this direction with my business is they're lacking power and they don't know how to access their own power and whether, you know, that shows up in a lot of different areas, whether it's a relationship or business or diet or, you know, health, whatever it is, that's just the symptom. What is underneath any issue that you have is a lack of power. Because if you're fully in your power, you have full responsibility and you'll do, no matter, you'll do whatever you can, no matter what, in order to change your circumstance. But the problem is the, at the root, they don't have their power or they don't have pieces of their power that they need. So that's what I work with a lot of people on. And that's why I went in this direction because when I started coaching, I started noticing that and myself first. And then in everyone that I was attracting, there were pieces of their power that were missing that I specifically could see because I'm, I'm very intuitive. I can see energy in a way that most people can't. And so for me, people, I can see people's blueprints. So for me, what that means is everyone has a path that is their fastest pathway to go down to get to where they want to be. And a lot of people, they open up, you know, a hundred doors trying to find the right path and I can just show them the one door that they need to go through in order to get there. It is usually the hardest path and it is usually the most, the the one with the most fear. You have to go through your ultimate fear in order to unlock your, your highest power.
0: Mm-hmm. Why do you think that Western culture neuters individuals so much?
1: I think part of it is, society control, like societal control. Um, the way our government is set up, the way our schools are set up, everything is set up in a way to make sure that no one steps outside the box too much, make sure that everything kind of stays normal. Everything kind of, it's like, it's like mind control, (laughs) Yeah. it's like everyone is like hurt it's like reminds me of like cattle that's like herded into this box so there isn't this massive stampede like I think our society has been set up to to restrict people's power so that stuff doesn't start happening like things this was predictable
0: to people right like you know like the people who are trying to manage the people they Mm -hmm. needed to be predictable so it's like we get this neutered society just so that like it becomes easier to be able to manage but then what we're seeing now is kind of like you know you went through like the mental health you know mismanagement side of it you know which was like all the you know, anxiety and depression and the mental health that has come along with that and the medication. But now you're starting to see, like, you know, like, this next movement where it's just, like, no, not anymore. Like, I'm going to put my feet on the ground. And, like, it would be really interesting to see, like, what happens, you know, like, in our day-to-day lives, you know, like, with, like, the structure Because people aren't living with it anymore. And like that neutered component to life is Mm -hmm. starting to be able to become a thing in the past. And I love to watch it. But like, it's really interesting to see like where it's going to go.
1: I've had conversations with people in the past that said our society would crumble and fall and we'd have this massive panic if people started on on a big scale to break out of the boxes. And so I think that's why you know, like even even the people that are in control, like the therapists and the doctors and all of those, the teachers, they've just been teaching what they know. Like it's just been taught from generation to generation. And so no one really knows. They're just kind of like teaching what they've been taught. And so now we're starting to see, like, as you said, we're starting to see more and more people break out of it. But at this point, it's not big enough to where it's causing a big problem in our society but if it continues to grow which I believe it will you know things are going to have to be restructured or we're going to have major issues
0: mm-hmm. well, and I think like because you we see the major issues of like the force structure like where you see like the the shootings at schools the shootings in public places you know like the you know mimicking like terrorist attacks and all that kind of stuff like like that's like the force structure rebellion in the negative way like the the most negative way that's going to happen like on a more like individual level like the rebellion against that is like the mental health issues the drinking the drugs and like all these kind of masks and all that kind of stuff but when people simply just stop participating because they feel good mm-hmm. like it's just we've never really done that before and like we don't really have anything to compare it to like like what do we what do we say society is going to look like when you have a bunch of happy people that just say like, no, not anymore. Mm -hmm. And like, you can't really disrupt them just because they're happy. Like these aren't people that you can classify or jail or medicate or, you know, like
1: anything because
0: they're just simply happy.
1: Yeah. They can't be controlled. And that's really what this whole structure is doing is trying to control people on a massive scale And so when you start to have people that can't be controlled, that's scary for the government. That's scary for the people in power because you have so many people, like just think about here in the United States, if everyone or even like half of the people in the United States said, I, you don't have any power over me. You know, you can't control me. What's going to happen? Like, what if there's a rebellion? What if something happens? Like what if people start setting fires? What people don't realize though, is that, When you are truly, the only reason that any of this stuff happens, like you said, the school shootings, all of that is because people are not in their power. If they were really in their power, they wouldn't even care enough to do any of this stuff. They don't, they wouldn't care enough to cause anyone else harm. When you're in your power, you're focused on yourself and feeling good and feeling amazing. And, um, The only reason that these things happen and wars and everything is because people are unempowered because they are not in their true power. They are not, and they're hurting. Like that's the main thing. They're hurting and they don't know how to feel better. So they don't know how to be in their true power. So they take it out in those ways. If everyone was in their true power across the world, we wouldn't have any of this stuff
0: at all. Well, and because, like, everything is very, like, individualized, right, you know, like, and when we have, like, you know, like, individualism to, like, and that's, the regard for individualism is held above all else, you know, like, that's a really, like, a huge fundamental problem with this, because we forget about, like, you know, the person next door, the person down the street, you know, like, our, you know, our city, our neighborhood, our global community, like, people in need, you know, like, it, like, it's, I still find it, you know, like, amazing today with, like, what we are starting to see, and, like, what we are starting to hear, that we still hyper value just the individual experience, instead of just saying, like, we can have such a better experience, like, my life has become so much better when I've just allowed other people to be able to participate in it in any way that they want to, like just not really looking at like what I need from the world, but like what the world is giving back to me and just walking through my everyday in those footsteps Mm -hmm. and just saying like my path is in other people's footsteps, not in my own. And
1: see, that's, that's another place where we probably have different opinions on this because when like the work that I do restoring my full power is like I and I may get some some not happy people with this but I don't believe there are any victims so that's part of this for me and like I was never a victim in my circumstances and I don't believe there are any victims I don't believe anyone needs to be saved so with my coaching clients I don't save them I don't you know I guide them I do it because I enjoy it because it brings me happiness and as a result they benefit from it but I don't do it for them I do it because it's what lights me up. It's what makes me the most happy. And so with the the work that I do, it's all about restoring back your power. And as a result, my relationships have gotten so amazing. Like the way I interact with the world has just become completely different because I'm no longer viewing people as victims. I'm no longer feeling like I need to help people. Um, I no longer feel like I have to be a certain way to gain approval from other people. I'm just fully doing what lights me up every single moment of the day. And as a result, other people benefit from that because, you know, it overflows and it, you know, like I said, my clients, my clients are benefiting from this, but I don't do it for them. And like, if I'm nice to someone, I don't do it for them. I do it because it makes me happy to be nice. If I feel like I don't like, if it would go against myself to be nice, which sometimes it does. Like, I'm a disruptor. Sometimes I say things that other people don't want to hear because they're stuck in their patterns. You know, I'm going to say it. Whether or not, you know, whatever the outcome is, I'm going to say it. So I'm fully in my power, and I don't let anyone or anything around me impact that. You know, even approval. Like, I've posted some things on Facebook where my parents are no longer talking to me. And, you know, I'm just like, you know, that's your choice. Like my, like what I choose to do with my Facebook, you know, if that offends you, it doesn't have to offend you. But if you choose to be offended by it, you know, that's your choice. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Why do you think like the, the victim mentality bandwagon is just so easy for a lot of people to jump on nowadays? Like, like, I don't personally get it because, like, I just would never want to live in that space in my life, like, at all. Um, but, like, it just is, like, rampant, like, everywhere. Like, it's just find a way to be able to be a victim, post about it across your social media, bitch about it with all of your friends and all of your family, and just be, like, that person. Like, it's just, like, I'd personally, like I personally, said, I don't understand, like, why anybody wants to be in that space in their life. But, like, why it's so easy for, like, that narrative to gain momentum?
1: It's actually archetypal energy. So there is a pattern that energy flows through. Um, and it's very, very easy for people to stay in that energy. And it's a societal energy at this point. It's We're born with it. And that's part of what I work with is, like, the action actually alchemizes the victim energy into a higher frequency energy. Um, Like it's, that's going into the deeper energetics of my work, but it's, you were actually born with it. And so as a society, we don't know how to handle it and how to walk out of it. And there's more than just the victim, but the victim is one of the most prevalent ones. Um, And so as a result, our society is seeped in victim energy and no one knows how to deal with it. No one knows how to walk out of it. And it becomes almost like um, you're attached to it. That's a part of your identity when it's really not who you are. It's just an energy pattern that you've attached to and that your psyche has attached to. But people don't realize that. People don't know what's going on like inside of themselves. People have no idea. Like Some of my posts that I do, people just are like, that's not true. And I'm like, It's true. You just don't realize that it's true because people just, even in the, the spiritual community, the spiritual community is actually the worst with energy. Like they don't know how to work with energy at all. They don't actually understand how energetic law actually works. Um, And that's why you see most people in the spiritual community, they don't have what they want. They don't have the results of um, mastering the spiritual um, energy, but as a society, most people are just so unaware of what's actually happening when they think something, when, when they say something, they just don't realize what is actually happening behind the scenes. And they think it's themselves.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, and it, because like, we're just, we're never given these tools either. Right. Like Mm -hmm. there's just, there's never any talk about it. Like when we're in school, like it's nothing our parents would ever talk to us about is there's no course we take in like elementary school you know like it's just it it's so foreign so by the time that we've actually formulated opinions about ourselves about life about communities then we have to enter and inject this new kind of way of thinking and these new like philosophies into our life that we are going to push back against because we're like I've never heard this before exactly. like is this even real like is should I buy into this like is this just a fad thing like like what's really going on because I look back at it now and like the entire kind of like eastern modalities and like Taoist philosophy and like you know just everything eastern like it took me like 30 years to come across it you know I'm just like yeah. why and how and like it really bugs me and like that's like with with my daughters where I say I'm like like I want you to like Go be, you know, like go be Buddhist, go be Catholic, you know, go be Muslim, go be like every, like just go be everything because there's, there's a little bit of benefit of every single one of those avenues that's going to shape you into being like the best human being. But what's not going to is waking up every day and being the same person every single day and being around the same person, people every day and forcing yourself and thrusting yourself in the same community. And that's what I don't personally like about organized religion outside of Everything else that I don't agree with is just that you constantly only surround yourself with like minded individuals, and there's no growth in that. Like, there's zero growth for individuals in that.
1: Absolutely. That is very true. And you were mentioning, like, you know, it takes people so many years to come across this stuff. And not only that, but there's only a handful of people in this world that actually truly know how energy works on a like real level. And most of the spiritual communities, all of that, they have pieces of it, right? But they don't have it all right. And so it's just this misinformation that gets, someone says it and then someone else is like, oh, that sounds good. And then it gets repeated and repeated and repeated. And you're like, where did that even come from? Mm -hmm. Like who, who came up with that? Like, where did that come from? Like, you know, positivity, like you have to be positive and like your thoughts create your life and it has to be positive thoughts or else you're going to attract negative thought, negative things into your life. But like you see these people that are thinking positive thoughts all of the time and they're still attracting negative things. And so you're like, okay, well that's obviously not working. What's missing there. So there's some, there's in spiritual um, communities, there's a lot of misinformation, but people don't realize it. And they're just spreading the misinformation over and over and over again. And they don't actually know where to go to like really get the truth. And, you know, there is intuition, but a lot of people, like I mentioned earlier, they're not really tapped into their intuition because intuition is a muscle. It's a very, it's a very specific voice and it can sound like fear. Intuition and fear sound very similar unless you know exactly what you're listening for. So it's very easy to go astray with even your intuition.
0: See, and like, and, but like, that's the thing when we grow up in like a secular way of living, like that stifles your intuition altogether. Because, you know, when it's like, believe in what is being taught, believe in what I say, like, this is the end result. Like you are, we are conditioned from the day that we are born, not to listen, listen to our intuition. So again, like you say, like, when you're faced with that, which is ironic because we always just like, Oh, go with your gut. You know, like what does your gut tell you? Like, it's like, so we dabble into it every once in a while, but it's just like we have this authoritarian in our life that's just saying like, well, no, because you need to do as I say, do what I do, you know, like live this certain way, you know, like there's this book full of these truths that, you know, like you should follow because anything outside of that is clearly not going to be right for you. You know, like, those are the things So it's like, again, like when people are faced with their intuition, it's like, what do I do with this? Yeah. How do I recognize it? Like, what does it look like? What does it feel like? Like, how do I understand it better? How do I flex that muscle? How do I condition that muscle? Like, like, what's this tool now? And what can I make it be?
1: Yeah, children are like, legitimately taught to betray their intuition and their power from a very young age and so then you're correct like when you reach 18 it's like okay now go fly away and you know create your your life and you're like what do i i don't know what to do like what do i do here and it's because of our society like the way that we're taught the way that we grow up and you're absolutely correct on that like people are so unaware of their power and their intuition and what really is actually going on because they've been following for their entire lives. And most children are extremely intuitive, but it gets like almost beaten out of them, not literally, but like it gets beaten out of them because it's like, no, you, that's, you're, you're misbehaving because intuition is never logical. Intuition always looks crazy. It looks like the most extreme thing, not always, but very often it does not follow logic. And so if you do that as a child, your parents are going to be like, what are you doing? Like, no, you're, that's misbehaving. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get in trouble and you're corrected. So then you, you step into your intuition and you're told over and over and over again that you're wrong. So then you grow up thinking that your intuition is wrong, that you think, you think that Breaking outside of the box, which usually is what following your intuition is, is wrong. So it's like, you have to overcome like everything that you've learned for your entire life, which some people it's 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years worth of, you know, conditioning.
0: See, and like, and like, that's like what you said. And I think that's the key is because like where you say, it's like, you're defying logic, you know, and intuition is not logical. And it's just like, but like, intuition is the most logical force that we have we're just taught that because like it shouldn't be like it's not because it's different and because people's intuition is different which means their logic is different when their logic is different then we can't understand that collectively because we need everybody's logic to be the same based on
1: society intuition is illogical intuition is foolish intuition looks irresponsible but on an individual level, it is exactly what needs to happen. It is the exact thing that you need to do in order to get to where you want to be. And it makes the most sense out of everything.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you see for all of us? Like when, when enough people, you know, kind of get on toting that same path, of just really tapping into who they are listening to their intuition just being free of like what we've mandated society looks like 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 what do you see in your mind when you think of that you know
1: i've never even thought of that before um i like we mentioned earlier society is going to have to shift or it's going to be chaos so either there's going to be a rebellion that is an uprising or society will shift before then um We will no longer be able to, as a collective, if we, if we all, if enough of us rise, we're not going to be able to fit into the, um, the limits of society. So either society is going to have to adjust and evolve with us, or we are
0: going to make it adjust and evolve. See, and because like the way that I see it here and like, this is kind of like where, about six months of this podcast went now probably about like eight months ago um is that we now have all these subcultures and all these subcultures are people finding what their intuition is saying that's making me what's making you happy like I know professionals making high six figures that I'm like hey where are you right now and it's like one o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday and they're like I'm at the skate park I'm like I love that or, you know like you look at like craft beers you know, look like people are getting back into woodworking and you know making furniture farmers markets like like you see all these people breaking on all these subcultures are are forming because people have like found their community they've listened to their intuition they they understand who they are and like what makes them happy and where their pieces and they find it like like i really feel like that what it looks like in my mind is like you have all these people kind of coexisting together, but we have a lot of these like subculture communities that now like exist because people are like, there's millions of possibilities out there for me to like explore and be happy with not these top three or top five or top 10. If I'm not an engineer, a lawyer, a doctor, I'm just not going to be successful. You know, like if I don't play hockey, basketball or football, I just might as well not play a sport at all you know, like if I don't have, you know, like, you know, a hundred thousand dollar car, like the equivalent in, you know, in my, it's like, you know, I'm just, I, I shouldn't even have a car. I shouldn't even break about having it because, you know, I can get point A to point B. Like, it's just, we're, we're breaking out of all that. And I will love to see the day. And I think it's coming sooner than later when society tries to figure out how to micromanage systemic happiness and realize that it can't
1: yeah absolutely it's very fascinating to watch because like for me mine is like travel minus travel I love to travel Mine is hiking like these are things that I enjoy right now but another thing is that could flip at any moment like my intuition could go in a different direction and people have to be very careful to still listen to their intuition even when they find that um that groove because even for people it in that place it's very easy to get stuck in there and to not branch out because your intuition typically never sounds the same more than once So people can, like, get stuck at that place where it's like, oh, like, I'm happy now. This is where I'm at. But it's like, no, you have to keep expanding, keep growing. And it's going to look different for everyone. But it's going – it's a similar pattern of you always have to keep growing. You always have to keep expanding. And that will look different for everyone.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think, like, that is key, you know, where it's like that – you know, again, because, like, our programming, like, tells us that it's, like, I'm going to find this thing or these things, and, like, that's going to be it, you know, but, like, we are just, we are very organic in that way that, like, I don't want what makes me happy now that'll make me happy in, like, five years from now or ten years from now, because the boredom in that drives me bananas even thinking about it, like, like I just, like, (laughs) is that not, not even there's there's too much possibility out there like there's there's too many things that this world has to offer and if the the joy of getting to where we've got now is the apex species on this pun is that we should have the freedom and the mobility to treat this world like our playground and go experience it because arguably there's never been at a time where it's quote unquote the easiest to be able to do that Absolutely. you know so it's like the more we do, the more we develop that concept. Like there's just, there's all this opportunity just to continually mold what our happiness looks like in the present time and at this moment and just feel the most peace in allowing that process to be able to happen.
1: And it's very interesting talking about boredom because most people and like the nine to five, if they don't like their job, which there are people that love their job in the nine to five, but most people that are doing a job just for the paycheck, They're bored to death and they don't even know, some do, but most people don't even know that they are bored. They're so numb now and they've numbed themselves with so many different substances and different distractions that they have no idea that they're bored. And I've reached a level where like, it's very, I, I was always, I always knew I was bored. Um, but it's become more and more apparent as I've grown and evolved that I get bored and I'm done then I'm on to the next thing. And it becomes more and more apparent, but you have to break out of numbing yourself in order to see that you have to break out of all of the substances. And like, now I'm sober. I'm sober from alcohol. I smoked weed. I did drugs for a while, um, for like years. And I've just, I'm on a sobriety cleanse right now, which is probably, I don't know how long it's going to last, probably a while because I don't need that anymore. But you know, these people are numbing themselves and they have no idea what they like are really feeling. And so you have to break yourself out of that and get to the point where you can actually feel your feelings in order to have it be apparent. And then the more that you feel, you become like so, so attuned to your feelings that it's instant. You can tell instantly when it happens.
0: Yep. Because I think, like, we're just, like, what we alluded to before, like, we're born numb, right? Like, the reason why people can't identify it, you know, like, when they at work every day is because we're just legitimately born that way. Like, just, we're, we're never coached into an environment where we can understand it. And then, but we always have, like, that nagging, like, intuition inside of that just says that this isn't quite right. But, like, we don't even know how to identify or associate it with it. It's just because, like, we were born numb and, like, people lived. 30, 40 50 60 70 80 years like that and it's just like no wonder why it's easy to be able to keep on living like that is because like there's just there's no understanding what life looks like outside of that boredom
1: we think it's normal we think it's a normal feeling to have because you have it I have it and everyone else has it and so you think that it's normal you're like you and you know I remember bringing it up to my parents as a child like I was and, you know, people, different people have different fuses. Some people have long fuses. Some people have short fuses. I had a short fuse. I, like, very quickly saw that things were not working for me. And so I needed to adjust. Some people, you know, the people that end up in jobs for 60 years and, you know, they're bored to death, they have a long fuse. They Their fuse goes longer. They're willing to deal with it for a longer amount of time. Um, but I remember like telling my parents, like, you know, this no, like what, like I'm bored. I don't like this feeling, like what what's happening? My mom would be like, if you're bored, go do the dishes. Like there's dishes to do. <laughs> like, you know, there's never like a talk of like, oh, that's because of this. And so we we grow up thinking that it's normal when it's yeah. it's not normal. That's it's against everything that we are truly we truly are.
0: And I think it's because, like, we used to do a lot more with our hands, right? Like, and I think, like, our creativity and, like, a big part of, like, who we are as people came out of us through our hands. And, like, the less things that we do, like, with our hands, like, that's where, like, a lot of that boredom, like, comes into place. It's just, like, what are you gonna do? Go wash the dishes. Well, it's something to do with your hands. we need to do, like, vacuum. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, these things like that. But, like, they kind of temporarily feel that or fill that void, but it's just it's nothing that's actually going to fix the problem, right? So, um, I want to kind of get into like a little bit of your your business though, like what, um, like you know, like when you work with people, um, mm-hmm. like what does that process look like? Is you know, like, is there like do you have like a program or is it time frame or is it specific to like the person? Like do you feel them, out? like how? Like what's that whole process like?
1: Yeah, so I have a couple of different options at this point. Um, typically, what I do with people is I do have a one-on-one option, which is just a one-hour coaching call. And that's for the people that are not sure if they really want to invest with me longer. And that's kind of to feel them out, to, for them to feel me out, and to have them see what could happen in one coaching call. And then, you know, if they decide to further commit, then they further commit. So that's my first option. My second option right now is I have a month-long program. And so this includes three one-on-one hour-long calls. And then people get 30 days' access to me via WhatsApp. So they can um, send me messages. They can send me voice recordings as well. And I check in once a day at least. Usually it's once a day, sometimes a little bit more. And I respond back with a voice recording. And so when doing it this way, they're getting coaching every single day. So the amount of time that it takes, so time is irrelevant. Time, you know, like we have the ability to expand time. We have the ability to collapse time. We have the ability to manipulate time. And so what I see with a lot of my clients is time collapses for them. So something that would take them, 10 years to do with my coaching could take six months. So um, I see that a lot with my clients because of the the everyday exposure to myself. Um, and so that is my, that's the one that I'm promoting the most right now. It's a month long. I am going to be doing a group program soon. So I am in my private Facebook group. I'm doing a free challenge Um, I I just have started working on it. I don't have many details yet. It's going to be launched in two weeks. Um, So I don't have a lot of details there. But once I'm doing the challenge, then I'll be launching a um, a, more of like a, a group program. I still don't have a lot of details about that, but that's in the works right now. So those are like the three options to work with me. If someone does want longer time with me, there's always... We can always work with that, but those
0: are typically right now what I have available. Okay. And like, how do people get a hold of you? Like what are what are the avenues for people to get a hold of you if they want to explore your services?
1: So right now, I am primarily on Facebook. Um, so my Facebook is Madeline.Hope, I think. Um, I gave you the link, so you're going to yeah. have this, but... Um my Facebook group is called The Power of You and they can find me through there. So most of my content goes out on my public page. People can either follow me or friend request me though. I do not accept a lot of friend requests. I'm very particular about who I accept into my containers. Um, But then they can, I also have a business page called the power of you. That's my business name. So they can either join the group or the business page and follow me as well. But I do release a lot of my content on my public Facebook page. That's how I bring the most people in.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Is there any like big, like shout out that you want to do here at the end of wrap things up here for the night and stuff, just to kind of get like your, your message out or something like impactful that you want to leave everybody with, or like, like an anthem that you kind of share with, with your clients and stuff.
1: Yeah. I would just say to everyone that stop settling, like just stop settling, take the action. Everyone knows there's always things around you in this very moment that you can work on. That can be your next step. So whatever it is, you usually know what your next step is. Take it. Stop being stagnant. If you are stagnant, just start moving one foot in front of the other and it's going to start paying off in the long run. But just take the action. Stop settling.
0: You know, that is a really good message to be able to say, because like it is something that like we've kind of backed ourselves into the corner of doing is just like kind of. Figuring out the easiest way to be able to settle in life, and you know, like I think, like a lot of like we're starting to figure out like a lot of the problems that we have personally and in our society now is because of simply that we've just chose to be able to settle, which it typically means settling for less.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like people are settling in their relationships, they're settling in their jobs, they're settling in pretty much every area of their life. Like you have no idea how many people come to me. And say, oh my God, how's your? I love that you're traveling. How has it been? Like, that's my dream. And I'm like, what's stopping you? Like, why aren't you doing it right now? And they always come back with excuses. And I'm like, that's an excuse. If you really wanted it, if you were truly dedicated to it, you would make it happen. There's always a way to make whatever you want happen. It's how dedicated are you? And you have to get uncomfortable with it. You are going to have to get uncomfortable if you want your dream. Yeah. But a lot of people have not taken that step yet because they don't want to face the uncomfortability. But if you want to have the life that you desire, you are going to have to face uncomfortability and walk through your fears.
0: Yeah, that's the truth Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast tonight and it was a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely,
1: I enjoyed this so much. Thank you for having me.
0: No problem.